What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find those gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, check out the links in the description of each episode to access our email, Twitter, website, and YouTube channel. As another year comes to a close, we want to send out a heads up about some schedule changes taking effect in January. Instead of posting an episode each week, we'll be moving to every other week to allow myself and the show to breathe a little bit, but our Tales and Sales episodes will still be falling into one of the off weeks each month, so the frequency of those won't be changing. Also, we are hoping to publish more Spotlight episodes during those down weeks as the year moves on, but not just ones with developers, potentially any industry people, but also some conversations with fellow gamers. So stay tuned. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. is the game for this week's episode. Jotun is an action-adventure game, and I see a lot of similarities with games like Hyper Light Drifter, Titan Souls, even just structurally Narita Boy, Gris, and pretty much anything Supergiant does, like the guys who do Bastion and Pyre and Transistor, for the view, but also for kind of the traversal. The game was originally released in September of 2015 on PC and Mac, and then in September of 2016, it came to PS4, Xbox One, and Wii U. In April of 2018, it finally made its way to Switch, and then in May of 2020, it actually released on Stadia, RIP. The game was developed by Thunder Lotus Games, and they're a small team out of Montreal in Canada, so shout out to them. I believe this was their first major game, and then they released games like Sundered, which we actually just talked about in our Tales and Sales episode, and they actually released Spiritfarer, which I've heard really good things about. It's kind of like a sim management, but you're like on a boat, and it's a lot about death and stuff like that. The game was published only on Kickstarter and just by Thunder Lotus Games themselves. So shout out to them for pushing this out themselves. And then on the console release, they released it as the Valhalla edition. So in September 2016, when that came out, the Valhalla edition was the new edition. And I think it just added post-game content. There's a Valhalla mode, which is like a boss rush mode because there are bosses in the game. The game had physical releases. In October of 2016, IndieBox, which is kind of like a subscription service for indie physical editions, I don't know if they're still around, but they had a collector's edition that was PC only, and that was released in October of 2016. And then in July of 2017, Limited Run did a release with the Valhalla edition that was just the box, and it was just for PS4. The game released with an MSRP of $14.99. That indie box, that subscription collector's edition, that was released for $49.99. And then the limited run box for PS4, that was released for $24.99. Runtime of the game, so if you're just going straight through and not trying to do any of the extra Valhalla mode, or even if you're backtracking a little bit, somewhere between 5 and 7 hours, you can bang this game out. It's a nice quick one. 
And this game does have a platinum trophy for our PlayStation listeners. It's pretty tough. You essentially have to beat every boss without getting hit. Me, I got this on PSN for $3 playing on PS4. And I've put in probably about six hours. I just beat the final boss. And I got a nice chunk of the trophies, but there's no way I'm getting that platinum trophy. And in terms of recommendation, I hadn't really heard about this. I really like the visuals, and I've seen this game on sale for a while. It's definitely been around for a while, releasing on PC in 2015. And it definitely has a lot of vibes of Banner Saga, just the visuals and the music and the incorporation of Norse mythology, which I am a big fan of. Let's talk gameplay for Jotun. So this is pretty simple. It's exploration for the most part, but there's definitely some combat, things you can interact with in the environment, and then uh, the main combat is actually going to be boss fights at the end of these regions. So let's run through some of the basics. So this is a top-down isometric view, very similar to games that we've talked about, like Transistor, Bastion, Below, which we've talked about before. You can move your character with joystick, and she only moves at one speed, and that can be a little annoying, which we'll talk about. You'll have two melee attacks, a basic attack with your axe, and then a strong attack, and there's like a two-second wind-up with the strong attack, which can cause some issues, especially in boss battles, although things do tend to move slowly, but the strong attack will actually be more prevalent in some of the exploration and the environmental things that you can interact with. You do have a dodge roll, and it does have a bit of a delayed recovery, like you can't do back-to-back dodge rolls, and you actually can't even move right away. There's like a half second, like you come out of the dodge roll, and you're just like sitting there, and then you can move. And then eventually you'll get different powers or abilities that you can use at any point, and you'll also be able to cycle through them on the screen. So let's talk scope and progression in this game. So just a general sense of what you're doing and and what's possible. There are like five regions uh, and each of these has a boss and each of these regions has two different levels that you have to explore through and get a rune. And so it kind of starts with like this hub world that's basically a pentagon shape and at each point there's a path that goes in that direction and then it splits off and it tells you that you need to go to these two places and when you go into each level you're progressing to pick up a rune and when you have two runes in a region then you're able to fight that boss and then move on to the next one. What is really nice is that the game is linear. So you might think, oh, there's five different regions you can go to, but you really are going to them in order. I'm not sure if you can go out of order, but when you go back to the hub world, there's a visual cue that says like, this is the direction you go now. You go to this region, these levels are available. Although when you look at the different levels in a region, you can choose which of the two to go first. So when you go into the level, again, it's primarily exploration. And so as soon as you're in there, you'll get a map of the layout in general of physically where you can go and there are some things that are marked on that map so they'll be like the location of the rune that you're trying to get so like your main objective in that level 
and then there'll be the location of like where you can pick up a power or ability if one is available in that level. What can be frustrating is that when you look at this map, there's no like compass or tracker for where you are. So that can be a point of confusion as you're traveling through the level, because even if you're confused about where you're coming in or where you're starting, it can be tough to track where you are and kind of use the map as navigation. There's a lot of variation with the different levels. So there are gonna be different elements like there's one that's very cold, one that's like lava base, one that's like nature and has trees. And that also plays into sort of the logistics, which also vary. As you're traversing through the levels, sometimes there'll be stairs, sometimes there'll be elevators and they might look different. Uh, sometimes there'll be like slides that you go down. There's a level that's like very like snakes and ladders. A lot of times it's just gonna be a lot of walking though. And what's interesting is that the point of view of the camera can sometimes make it tricky to see whether you can go down a certain way because you will kind of get behind different things Things in the foreground and you'll only see the shadow of your character so that can make it tricky although that's where a lot of hidden things are found like hidden paths that'll go to secret things that you can find but just be aware that the perspective can kind of be messed around with and you can go like behind some of the things in the foreground or under bridges and things like that there'll be points of interest that you'll come across and once you find these they will appear on the map so one of the points that you're gonna come across is like a heal point and it's also the place that you'll respawn if you die other locations will be like where you can get an apple like it's a special tree and if you go here you'll get an apple and it will increase your max health so I think pretty much every level has one of these and one of the trophies is to find all of the apples and then a lot of the other locations are just gonna be where there's lore and so you'll go there and once you're there the camera will kind of zoom out and then the character will narrate what's going on this is often where there's like a big statue or like where you get sort of a picturesque view but during your exploration, a lot of what you're going to be doing is interacting with the environment. And this could be hitting buttons, opening paths, making bridges. Um, a lot of that is going to be with your attack. Like I said, the strong attack is going to be for like knocking down trees or things like that. And this will vary. And I enjoyed like the type and the frequency. Again, it goes very well along with the different elements. As well as what you're going to be doing is avoiding a lot of hazards. So there might be things that spray like a poison cloud or like have fire going or there'll be falling objects. So you'll see the shadows kind of coming down you need to get out of the way and then eventually you will run into some enemies that are going to come at you and some of these you can attack and can like knock down some of these will be like perpetual they'll just keep coming back and then sort of the combination of all of these things the traversal the interactions the finding points of interest this is going to lead to you kind of searching out these extra things and a lot of like puzzling like you have to hit this and then hit that or you have to find these four things and unlock that and so all of it kind of combining together is a little bit of like sleuthing and puzzling you'll also find powers and these abilities like i said it will be on the map that there is a power station there and pretty much each level is going to have one of these stations where you can go and get a new power sometimes it might be to get a new power sometimes it might be to just up the charges of a previous power but these can range from powers where you heal yourself a little bit where you have fast movement for a little while where you have a ranged attack or where you have like stronger melee attack or something like that and when you get them they're going to have two charges and then anytime you go to a heal station that'll refresh them once you get to the combat aspect of this game it's really just the boss fights that are going to be the big trick here so again you're going to go to two different levels within a region once you get both of those runes it'll open up the door to the boss and then it's basically just a boss arena now the thing about these bosses is that they're fairly lengthy they can go on for a little bit you can do a lot of chip damage here and there they might take you a couple minutes but basically it's this giant boss and they're pretty slow moving and so there's a lot of these big arenas where you're kind of taking a long 
long time to get to them and they're going to be doing some sweeping attacks or they'll have hazards in the arena or they might shoot a ranged attack and so there is good variation in terms of what moves the boss will have especially considering what element it is like if you get to like the snowy region or the cold region that boss is going to do like a snow blowing move where they're just running at you and it's like the snow is kind of picking up and you have to get out of the way what i do like is that the more you damage them there's like this gradient of how much more difficult or how more frequently they do certain moves it can be tough like the first time you fight a boss no matter what you're probably not going to make it all the way through there were some times where i got really close to the end but the frequency of certain moves i just wasn't ready for if you do it a couple times like you'll see the tells of that boss you'll be able to anticipate certain moves maybe make it longer with more health or with more charges of your healing power or whatever but overall i feel like in terms of the difficulty of bosses and of the game in general it's very linear and what i mean by that is you start the game and like i feel like the first boss is a little bit of a challenge but then the bosses after that you kind of settling in it's like oh this isn't that bad i'm not really even using my powers which is interesting because there are trophies for beating bosses without using any of the powers but definitely later in the game there is a difficulty spike like it does progress linearly the third or the fourth boss like i was like okay i'm like using some some more powers here or like i barely got through that one and then when you get to the final boss like i had exhausted all of my powers like i was barely had any health left and i finally killed him with like a last hit and this also goes the same for in these different exploration levels some of them will have enemies or things that you're interacting with but really early on it's not that challenging like you're really just going to come across some hazards that you have to avoid but not just difficulty in terms of the pacing a lot of walking in this game and the top-down perspective you are kind of far away so your character seems to be moving at a steady pace but it's not covering a lot of ground because some of these arenas and these areas are just really big so it feels like you're walking super slow and especially if you're like trying to collect things or do puzzles or find secret areas like you're gonna find that you're gonna go down a winding path and once or twice like you might be like oh i just went down all this way and like i have to go back and you have to do backtracking once you realize that like oh i have to find those things and that thing is there so it can be a little cumbersome how much you have to walk around and if you accidentally go the wrong way like you have to turn and like it's going to take another few minutes to walk all the way back the map is helpful but it, it can be confusing because you don't know exactly where you are and this can be frustrating especially in regards to the perspective because the map just kind of lays it all as like a one-dimensional kind of flat thing and some of these levels are going to have different levels where an elevator takes you down and you're walking like under a bridge or like on the other side of a rock or something like that and so it can be tough sometimes even though the map can sometimes reflect it with coloration from afar like if you're just glancing at the map it might not be too clear where exactly you are the frequency of the heal spots is not that much i didn't find this to be too much of a problem but i will say like you definitely want to do a level in one sitting definitely don't like come back later or something like that because you might get confused as to where you are but in each level there might only be one some of them might have two but what i really do like is that at any time you can return to the hub and whenever you find the rune for the level you can automatically return to the hub and it even tells you like you can keep exploring or you can go back to the hub so if you found like the power and the apple in that level then you might as well just go back you kind of did it and especially if you have to go back to a level to find something secret there once you find it you can just get out of there which is i think really nice
All right, let's talk about the vibe of Jotun. So let's start with the visuals. I feel like this game is hand-drawn. It reminds me so much of the Banner Saga, which is a game we covered way back when. It's super colorful, although some of the colors are like kind of faded. They do use like bright yellows and browns and, and things like that for hair color, but it does feel like a pastel that's kind of faded down, like it's not like shining in your face. And this definitely comes through colorfully with like the environmental hazards. Sometimes things are glowing a little bit as kind of like a nice indication that something's going to get hot or something's going to be hazardous in a second, so get out of the way. In terms of animations, the bosses are really big, and so their animations are kind of these slow, deliberate movements. And again, it reminds me a lot of Banner Saga. It's like some of the movements of these hand-drawn things are like a bit creepy, like they're kind of slowly creeping towards you, especially in a boss arena, like when the boss does a swing or when they do a move that affects the floor or something like that, like the cracking that goes on on the floor is really interesting. The shadows that pop up if something's falling, it's very good in terms of being a visual tell. Scale and scope is a big thing. Like I said, the camera is super far away, very high up, and there are times like when you get to a lower point or when you're just at a certain point in the level that has a nice, beautiful landscape, it will back up and really show you that uh, and it really can be pretty breathtaking at times the bosses are very large the environments that you're in they're very large everything is just very big and you're this tiny little warrior but it does zoom in and out depending on the context and the same thing goes when you get to a point of interest when you get to a lower area it zooms out on like a bigger statue as the character is narrating what's going on or what you're actually looking at. In regards to the perspective in terms of the camera and the hidden paths, again, this can be a little confusing, but it is why it's a hidden path. You can sometimes like explore a little bit, sometimes you might reach a dead end, but other times like you might try to test the perspective here. There can sometimes be visual tells or at the very least, I feel like the spacing of the points of interest is pretty basic. So you could be like, oh, there's probably something over here on the map because I haven't gotten anything in this quadrant or this region. But it can be trouble discerning where you are on the screen, where you are on the map at times, especially if you're behind something or on different levels. In terms of audio, music is amazing. Just really amazing. It's very epic journey. It's very Norse. It's got horns. It feels like very Viking. Certainly reminds me a lot of the Banner Saga. I know that was Austin Wintry that did that soundtrack. Definitely some moving pieces, some marching, some strings, some horns, a lot of great stuff. Love the vocals in this game because there are characters that talk, but they speak in Icelandic, which is just phenomenal for the vibe of the game. So you have your character who is narrating what's going on. Anytime you get to a lower point, she's talking and you see the English subtext come up. Just hearing that Icelandic, it, it adds so much to the game. I, I really can't say it enough. And the majority of what you're trying to do in this game is please the gods and so you will hear Odin talking uh, a lot and his voice is very booming and kind of omniscient uh, and you hear that echo and you really feel it in his voice but again he's speaking in Icelandic and it's really just wonderful and in terms of the setting and the lore again Norse mythology what's really cool is you're kind of in this Norse purgatory and you're this female warrior who died and basically in purgatory she has to like prove herself to the gods by challenging the different giants so there's a lot of names that you come across again she narrates a lot a lot of lore bits i love that it's a telling of her story like she's talking about the different gods but then she's talking about like how it relates to her sometimes so you do feel a lot of emotion and inflection like sometimes like she gets a little heated or she gets louder or and so i really do feel that coming through 
and just Norse mythology in general. I love Norse mythology. I feel like it's super underutilized, although in the past five to ten years, a lot of games are really going at it. But this talks a lot about names that I actually didn't know, like names of a lot of giants. I mean, this is Jotun, so Jotunheim would be the land of the giants, but a lot of these giants by name I did not know. It does reference a lot of gods that I do know, like you do hear about Thor, about Freya, um, and that's really where a lot of the powers come in, like you are getting powers from these gods. The save points I love, it's Mimir's head. It's like this giant pool and his head is in the middle. And when you go and activate the save point, like the water in the pool, like kind of decreases and he wakes up and his eye actually follows you as you walk away. Definitely see a lot of Norse runes, a lot of symbols. And just thematically, you know, you are in purgatory. And so the idea of like an afterlife, I mean, you're hearing a lot about this warrior story. And so it's a lot about redemption, about getting a second chance, like proving yourself, maybe feeling like you were shortchanged and so that redemption it really shines through and it makes it a really nice story and a pleasant experience Let's wrap up the conversation about Jotun. So this is a short and sweet adventure, a really nice experience. I love Norse mythology. Again, a lot of names and words that I hadn't heard before, especially a lot of the giants. I really felt the warrior story and emotion, love the Icelandic language, really immerses you in that culture in this story. I think the pacing of challenge and difficulty is really good in this. It really ramps up by the end. And that's tough to do in a short game because in the beginning you kind of are getting comfortable. Maybe you feel a little challenged, but by the end you're really maxing it out in such a short experience that can be tough to do. In terms of just like walking around and it's kind of slow going in the beginning, like the size and the scale make it feel a bit arduous and cumbersome, but it does pick up and I do love the powers that you get and the boss battles. I really think there's some good variation there. In terms of value, I think 15 for an MSRP is really good for this game. I know it's a bit old by now, almost 10 years, but every time I see this, I mostly see it on sale for under $10, which I think is a great deal. Under five is a steal. I got this for three bucks. I feel like it was such a good experience and I paid almost nothing. I would definitely pay like at least 10 bucks. If this were released today, I think $15 would be a great price. So without a doubt, I feel like this is a great game. It's a nice short palate cleanser between games and a really great experience. And so I highly recommend this game. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.